0: Many people say they know Jesus, but all too often they know about Him, but they don't truly know Him. For this reason, Dr. David Jeremiah wrote The Jesus You May Not Know, which provides insight about His eternal nature and role on earth and in heaven. This book is yours with a gift of any amount to Turning Point. And for donations of $75 or more, you'll receive the book, He Is Bookmark, Study Guide, and CD or DVD album. Go to davidjeremiah.ca.
1: Welcome to Turning Point. For centuries, the finest philosophers, artists, and thinkers have tried to analyze it. But nothing describes love more perfectly than God's Word. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah begins the series, The Power of Love, with a look at the Bible's superlative passage on the subject, 1 Corinthians 13. Listen as David introduces today's message, The Power and Priority of Love.
2: Well, friends, there's not a subject that that has been written about, talked about, broadcast more about than this one. And there are all kinds of movies and plays and everything you can imagine about love. And yet sometimes when you see it all, and if you watch any of it, you realize we're talking about something we don't even understand. We don't know what love is. We think love is something far different than what it really is, and therefore we miss the mark. And uh, a lot of tragedies are in the in the wake of all that. The Bible defines love for us. What love really is, what God intended it to be for you, for me, for our families, for our marriages. And um, the chapter that does that is here in the book of First Corinthians chapter 13. We call it the love chapter. It describes love so that it can be understood. And how many of you know love is not an adjective. Love is not a noun. Love is a verb. Love is not something you think about. Love is something you do. And we'll learn that in these next days. Today, we have sort of an introduction to all of this, and it's called The Power and Priority of Love. And today, by the way, is also the last time you can order your copy of the book, Sleep on This, Evening Reflections from God's Word to Help You Sleep Better. This beautiful gift book has been designed. It's brand new coming from Turning Point Press and it's available to you for a gift of any size and we will send this book to you to help you in your sleep so send your gift of any size and then ask for your copy of the book Sleep on This be sure to get your gift in the mail today because this is the last day for this offer All right, let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13 and begin our new series together Perhaps
0: George Bernard Shaw has summed up one of the many modern problems that we have with love. When he wrote these words, he said, when two people are under the influence of the most violent, most insane, most delusive, and most transient of passions, they are required in the presence of a preacher and a congregation to swear that they will remain in that excited abnormal and exhausting condition continuously until death do them part end of quote and one middle-aged woman described such an adventure like this she said we are led to believe that love is passionate eye-locking gazes throbbing temples and rippling muscles My husband and I can only experience eye-locking gazes if we both happen to be wearing our eyeglasses at the same time. And to us, throbbing temples warns of possible high blood pressure, and our muscles tend to be more jiggling than rippling. (laughs) I looked in Bartlett's quotation lists, and I discovered there 1,300 different interpretations of the meaning of love by poets, philosophers, and authors. No wonder we're confused. And yet, Dr. Carl Menninger, the famous psychiatrist and founder of the Menninger Clinic, has written that love, true love, is the medicine for our sick old world. If people, he said, can learn to give and receive love, they will usually recover From their physical and mental illnesses and he is right we need to learn anew how to love one of the problems that we encounter when we address the subject of love is that there are many different definitions of the term the King James version referred to love by the term charity And in the time of the writing of the scripture, there were basically four different words that were used to describe what we describe by the one term, love, in our society today. The first and most common word in the Greek times was the word eros, E-R-O-S. Eros, as you can well imagine, has to do with physical, sensual love. The word is not used at all in the Bible, although the concept is definitely taught, especially in the book of the Song of Solomon. We get our English word erotic from the word eros. And as you study Greek history, you discover that eros was the god of love in the Greek world. Eros, to many today, appears to be love. In fact, if I had to pick one of the four words that seems to get the most press, it would be that one. That seems to be the idea that most people have about love. But Eros often appears to be love when it is the height of selfishness. Oftentimes, erotic love says, I love you, Because you give me pleasure, if you stop giving me pleasure, I will stop loving you. Then there is a second word for love, and that is the word storge. And we spell that in the transliteration into English, s-t-o-r-g-e. Storge is a kind of love that speaks of family ties. Sometimes it is used in Greek literature even of animals as well as people. It is often found in describing the relationship of a parent with his child, that kind of filial relationship. Then there is a third word which we pronounce in the Greek language by the word phileo, spelled out it's P-H-I-L-E-O, phileo. That is psychological, social love. And oftentimes in the scriptures, that word is translated by the word friend. You will find that in John 15, verses 13 and 14. It is used of God as well as human beings. Its most famous use is in that passage where Jesus was encountering Peter. And Jesus said to Peter, do you love me, agape, the highest form of love? And Peter said, Lord, you know that I phileo you, that you are my friend. And Jesus asked him the second time, Peter, do you agape, do you love me with the highest sense of love? And Peter said, Lord, you know that I phileo, that you are my friend. And finally, the third time, Jesus said, condescending to Peter's understanding of love. Peter, do you phileo me? And Peter got the word that since he was not willing to upgrade his love to the standard of God, God was going to have to bring the relationship down to where Peter was. There is nothing wrong with phileo love. It is important even in a marriage relationship. How many of you have met people who are married who aren't even friends? And it's important to be friends within the marriage relationship. But there is a kind of love that is even greater than phileo love. Erotic love is the sensual relationship. Storge has to do basically with family relationship. Phileo means to be good friends and socially adaptable. But there is a fourth word which we have come to know as the word agape. You spell that in the English language A-G-A-P-E. And it is spiritual divine love. It is love that comes from God alone. There are very few things in the Bible that are equated totally with God. But the Bible says God is agape. God is love. Whatever you understand about God is wrapped up in the term agape in this fourth and highest sense of the term love. At the heart of this agape love, at the heart of this highest kind of love, is the concept of sacrifice. If you go back in the study of the word agape, which is found over and over again in 1 Corinthians 13, wherever the word love is found... If you go back to study the meaning of that word, you discover that this kind of love is not the spontaneous love that is so paraded before us on television and in movies today, but agape love is the reasoning, esteeming, and choosing type of love. Agape is one of the rarest words in the Greek language. It's almost impossible to find it apart from the writing of the New Testament, But it is one of the most common words once you get to the New Testament literature. Someone has said that when the Bible was written and agape was introduced into the language of the writing, that it was the answer to the yearning that was in the heart of those who had known only Eros' love. They knew there had to be something more. How many young people have talked to me after they have been promiscuous in their lives? experimenting with erotic love and said to me it was a moment of pleasure a moment of joy but it left me so empty and I sense there's got to be something more well when the Lord introduced the term agape when he taught his disciples and by way of their writing he teaches us what it means to truly love He raised the whole understanding of love out of the depths of eroticism into that glorious understanding of what it truly means to love someone according to God's love. Agape love has been defined variously, but one of the greatest definitions I have read is this. Agape love is the power that moves us to respond to someone's needs with no expectation of reward. Agape love is that which moves us to respond to someone's needs without any expectation at all that we will receive something back in return. Now, the fundamental aspect of agape love, which is going to be the theme of our study, is sacrifice. I don't think any term needs to be defined more than this term. And if we're going to understand what Paul is writing about in 1 Corinthians 13, if all of these terms that describe this love are going to make any sense to us, we have to start on the right foundation. And since God is the author of it, and since God is the personality of it, and since God is the embodiment of it, There is no way for us to learn what agape love is without going back to the scripture and let it be defined for us. Now I have gone through the New Testament. I've chosen 10 passages of scripture. I have chosen them because many of them are very familiar to you. I'm going to read them. I want you just to write down the reference. You can look them up later. But as I read them, I'm going to read them with the emphasis on the definition of agape love that the New Testament gives to us. And I begin with a verse that we all know so very well. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Sacrifice. John fifteen thirteen, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Sacrifice. Romans five eight, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sacrifice. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Sacrifice. Ephesians 5.2 And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, And hath given himself for us. Sacrifice. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Sacrifice. 1 John 3.16 By this we perceive the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. That's sacrifice. First John four nine. In this was manifested the love of God that God sent his only begotten Son into the world. That's sacrifice. First John four ten. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the satisfaction for our sin sacrifice. Revelation 1 5 Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, sacrifice. I was overwhelmed as I ransack the scriptures for the definition of god's love in almost every context and in many of the verses where we are told that god loves us the definition for that love is given to us in clear terms god loved us and that love was his sacrifice in our behalf and if we don't understand anything else at all about agape love Let us not forget this, that agape is almost synonymous with sacrifice. The willingness to give of oneself totally with abandon for the good of the one who is the object of our love. Not expecting anything in return. Not hoping for any reward. What reward could God expect from us in that he gave himself in our behalf? It was a wholehearted, unselfish, sacrificial love. Leon Morris, who has written about the concept of agape, summarizes the thought of sacrificial love in these words. He said, agape is a new word for a new idea. Whereas the best concept of love before the New Testament was that of a love For the best that one knows, the Christians thought of love as the quality we see displayed in the cross. It is a love for the utterly unworthy, a love which proceeds from a God who is love. It is love lavished upon others without a thought of whether they are worthy to receive it or not. The Christian who has experienced God's love to him while he was yet a sinner has been transformed by that experience, and now he sees men everywhere as the object of God's love and as those for whom Christ died. Agape love, which is the love of 1 Corinthians 13, is a love that gives itself in totality with absolutely no thought of anything in return dare we measure our imperfect love next to that it is that agape love which is enjoined upon husbands for their wives how many marital conflicts i have tried to preside over where the conversation went like this pastor it doesn't make any difference what i do He never responds. So, my understanding of love is you keep on loving whether anything comes back to you or not. Now, if we're to see the importance of this concept for our immediate study, we have to place 1 Corinthians 13 in the context of the priority of this thought in the Word of God. Sometimes I get the impression that people think 1 Corinthians 13 is the only place where we get any information about love. And yet I've gone back through the scriptures again and I have discovered that this truth, this truth of agape love is the central truth of the New Testament. And one of the reasons why things seem kind of out of focus to us in our churches and in our own personal lives is that we don't have God's priority concept at the priority of our lives governing what we're doing I want to give you several reasons why love is a priority for us to understand this is sort of like if I were teaching a course the objectives of the course or the reasons for the course or the motivation for the study why should we spend so much time uncovering the concept of love let me give you some reasons reason number one The priority of love in the Word of God. Number one, love is God's priority commandment. It is God's first priority commandment. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Somebody asks you, what is the number one concept in the Word of God for us to understand? Let me tell you. It is the concept of agape love. It is God's first commandment. Some of you say, well, that's just quoting the Old Testament. Let me share something with you. In the New Testament alone, Christians are commanded to love 55 different times. Just in the New Testament. We're not only picking it up from the Old Testament, but in the New Testament alone, 55 different times we are told to love. And among the injunctions in the New Testament are the following, just a few of them. First Corinthians fourteen one, follow after love. First Corinthians sixteen fourteen, do everything in love. Ephesians four two serve one another in love. Ephesians five two live a life of love. Ephesians four fifteen. Speak the truth in love. Colossians 3.12, put on love. Hebrews 10.24, spur one another on to more love. Three times in Paul's writings and once in Peter's writings, we are told that we are to continue to grow and develop in our ability to love. Listen to these words. Philippians 1.9, and this I pray that your love may abound more and more. Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 and verse 14. That their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, and beyond all this, put on love. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10. Now as to the love of the brethren, we urge you to excel still more. 1 Peter 1, Fervently love one another from the heart. Love is the priority commandment it's so simple and somehow it may seem to be naive of me to say it but is it possible that some of the difficulties we have relating to one another in the body of Jesus Christ is that we're going about the task of trying to obey the priority commandment and we really haven't fully understood what it means to do what God commands us to do I mean, if we're trying to follow the commandment of the Lord Jesus in loving and we're placing in the verb of that sentence, our concept of love from the world in which we live, what a strange, strange thing will happen. And in many respects, it has happened. Reason number one for studying love and making it a pursuit in our lives is that love is the priority commandment. Reason number two, love is the perfect commandment.
2: We have some other reasons we'll get to when we meet together tomorrow for the Friday edition of Turning Point. So we're getting our foot in the door on this new discussion from 1 Corinthians 13. You don't want to miss even one day as we explore uh, Paul's writing to the Corinthian believers on love, one of the great historic passages in the Bible. Friends, we're going to go to uh, the Caribbean at the end of this calendar year leaving on december the 27th and returning here on december the 7th we leave from fort lauderdale florida and uh, we are going to have a wonderful time aboard a beautiful holland american cruise ship visiting some of the ports like saint martin saint john saint lucia we're going to be in saint thomas saint Kitts. we'll visit a beautiful island that belongs to the cruise line which is always a very special treat for everybody we would love for you to go. You can find out more about it at davidjeremiah.org slash events. Get your registration in and plan a visit with us as we go to the Caribbean at the end of the year. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, The Power of Love, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, Sleep on This, a nighttime devotional with biblical reflections to bring you peace and rest. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James Versions, with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, The Power of Love, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. Are you
0: searching for a way to begin each day filled with energy and joy? It starts by saying good night to restless sleep. In his book, Sleep On This, Dr. David Jeremiah provides nightly readings to help quiet our minds and calm our spirits. And when you donate $75 or more to Turning Point, we'll send you a special set that includes this book and material from the series, When Your World Falls Apart. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca.
2: Recently, a young California wife was diagnosed with bone cancer when she was 10 weeks pregnant. She had two choices, start chemotherapy for her cancer, which would result in the termination of her pregnancy, or postpone chemo until after her baby was born, which would allow the cancer to spread rapidly throughout her body. She chose to sacrifice her own health and save the life of her baby, a little girl born safely. The young mother started chemo immediately, but her doctors were not optimistic. There's always a cost to sacrifice, especially when it comes to laying down one's life for another. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life and discover God's sacrifice made for us on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66Life.com.
0: Start your journey home today.